And we're back with the Carmudgeon Show. Another of the Carmudgeon Show. Is there, part is there of a, the. Hold on. This is not another clap of the Carmudgeon Show, which is what you said. Okay, uh, ready? We're going to start again. And we're back with another episode of the Carmudgeon Show. Part of the Haggerty Podcast Network. Network. I am Jason Camisa. This is Derek Tim hyphen Scott. Hyphen Scott, yes. And uh, this episode is... You throw up in the middle of this episode. It's more near the end, but yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the episode in which I throw up and uh, we <laughs> discuss, of course, vintage Mercedes-Benzes for a while and then... And of course, vintage Volkswagens for a while. Oh, yes. And vintage Volkswagens. Uh, and then we get a random number generator guided visit through a small selection of entries in both Jason's and my spreadsheets documenting the cars that we have driven with, of course, some colorful commentary. Without so, further ado, let's uh, go to the little music so we can come back and watch Derek shoot water or whatever the fuck that was out of whatever hole that came out of. <laughs> Face hole. <laughs> Cue the music. Oh, <laughs> Boop. Hi, we're back. Welcome. They, they just heard that back. Can you do that? The 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 song. We just heard it. We just heard it. Okay. Uh, so I heard a rumor about you. Okay. It was written on a bathroom stall wall. <laughs> And that rumor is hyphen bought another 124 and you didn't tell me. Uh, this is the first time I've seen you since I bought it. Doesn't matter. I demand to be notified immediately on any new old Mercedes car purchases. Shocking and that I, I found this out another 124. Because I made another friend of mine buy another 124. So this poor motherfucker. Has two 124s. He has two smoke silver 124s. He has yes, a the most geriatric of the colors. <laughs> Yes, he has a sedan and now an A124, which is a convoitable. He also has an R129, mm -hmm. which is basically a 124 two-seat convertible with some S-Class shit thrown in. And a better structure. Than the sedan? Oh, no, no, no. Than the, uh, then the A124. Yes. If he listens to this, Derek hates your car. Sorry. I just said no such thing. I would never have such a thing. It's got no structure. It's jiggly like your breasts. Or something you said, I don't know. Flan. Flan. Drives like a flan. <laughs> um, no, I mean, if you need back seats in a convertible, there's not a lot of choices. And this is the same thing that happens with 3.5 cabriolets. I just don't need back seats. I don't need a convertible either. As a ongoing hydraulic cylinder, roof cylinder uh, Saga victim. <laughs> saga victim. Yeah, victim is the right word. I have three convertibles. I yes. have no such issues because... Yeah, because they're all manual. Well, the cabbie goes... <clears throat> yeah. The beat goes... And then the Lotus, you just take off and roll up and throw away. And never see it again. Well, and then ideally. you go to try to put the hard top on. It takes 45 minutes. But, yes. okay. So you have bought another Mercedes 124 mm -hmm. with an M104 engine in it? Yes. And a dog leg five-speed? Yes. Get out. Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you get out, I'd be talking to myself. 124... M104, so it's a 320 or a 300? It's a 320. So it's an E320 manual wagon? It's a wagon, oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and Can I do burn up in it? Uh, sure. It's, it's the only dogleg wagon I know of. Yeah, and it's a... Oh, interesting. 
Hmm. I mean, technically, I could swap a dog leg into my E30. But you could not. put a dog leg in anything you want, and then it would be a... I mean, that is a personal... <laughs> that's a personal decision, and I refuse Whoa. to discuss it. <laughs> um, yes. What the fuck was in that Chinese food we just ate? Because we are slap happy, to yes. use a Michigan expression. What does that mean? Slap happy? It means you're not it inclined to... means slap to... happy. It means you're just being silly. Oh, it doesn't mean you're inclined towards domestic abuse? <laughs> No, it's not that you're inclined to. You enjoy domestic abuse. Oh, sorry. That one was slap happy. She just went around getting slapped wherever. She, anyway, uh, <laughs> there was not, it wasn't MSG. It was fucking LSD. LSD. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you bought an E320. Dog leg wagon. Dog leg wagon. Mm -hmm. And are yes. you leaving it in Europe to rot with no, your No, no, no. I'm, I'm bringing it over. I'm working on shipping right now. I have oh. to send over the contract. What but, color is uh, it? It is Bornite. Bornite? Yes. Very cool. Purple. Yeah, basically. purple. With it's what interior? Purple, black leather. Mm, and it that's is unusual. a sport line. So it has the 500E seats and a faster steering box. Yes. And stiffer springs and wider wheels, although it's been swapped to AMG wheels already. And uh, the sport steering wheel, which is 10 millimeters smaller. As if you've noticed, 10 <laughs> millimeters. Insert joke here. Oh, God. No more insert. Nothing. Uh, I think this is amazing. Right, congratulations. I'm, I'm very excited about it. I've always wanted one of these. Where does it live? It is outside of Duisburg. Duisburg, Germany. No, northern Germany. Yeah. Northern Germany. Yeah. Um, lived there its whole life? No, originally a Swiss car. Ah, so it's actually well-maintained, Swiss and German. We've the just, guy we've spent 28,000 euros I mean, in oil. parts restoring it. The underside is to eat off of. It's shockingly clean. What are you going to do with this thing? This is not going to be... Drive it in the sort. rain. Oh, you don't, don't you dare. <laughs> you heard the Donna Summer song. Someone left the 124 out in the rain. We're back to musical references. I can't do this. It's okay. It's uh, disco. Disco was amazing, was it not? It is the last great music. No, no, no. 80s had good music in them as, as well, I reportedly. It? I don't know. There was great 90s stuff. Uh, there was really well, good I don't know. Stuff. I'm too old. I yeah. was not really paying attention also to a couple contemporary music. Yeah. No, 80s I wasn't a fan of, unless it was like R&B, because then it was like, a, you know, Anita Baker mm. and late Luther Vandross stuff. and Oh, and all of Yacht Rock. That whole genre of amazing mm -hmm. The music. 80s are good. 80s were good. Okay. Uh, so you bought a stick shift dogleg manual wagon in purple and thought you were going to get away with it. Thought you were going to get away with well, it. Well, there's no media to support its existence, right? Until I see it in person, then like, I, you know, I bought yeah. it sight unseen. I mean, you saw pictures of it, right? Yes, yes. Okay. I saw pictures of it. And uh, you yeah, have inserts for like them. A, yeah, yeah. It, right? that's like the holy grail configuration for me. Especially uh, it, with it that needs, color. It would be holy grail for me if it had plaid seats. Yes, I, I agree. I'm a little bit disappointed. About I color. I did once uh, look at it had CIS, but it had plaid seats, and, but also Bornite and also dogleg. But uh, Eljetronic wins. E, yeah, you definitely don't. If there's any car that's available with CIS, you want it without CIS. Anyway, this is dive. Wait a Sorry, second. Any car that was available both ways, you would prefer the electronic injection. To I the have CIS. to think about this. Well, there were cars that were available carbureted or with CIS. Yeah, 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 but I'm saying any car that was available with CIS or in, or electronic injection, you choose the electronically injected. Oh, version. this could be a whole episode. We're going to have to discuss this. I don't know if that's a thing. Here's my thing. Everyone with CIS gets a bad rap. I currently have another car in my garage that doesn't belong to me because I'm not a hoarder and I didn't buy any more cars. Mm -hmm. See, like how I did that projection thing. How um, many cars do you have, Jason? I don't. 
know why I'm being attacked like this. <laughs> right. Okay, let me let me explain one thing. That Honda, that 1994 Hyundai XL picture to be shown here is still within 25 feet of us. I wasn't but counting that. Allegedly, I wasn't first of all, it was paid car. for months ago, and the the new owner, the very very proud new owner, oh God, I hope he is, is flying down from the Pacific Northwest on Thursday with his daughter, so they can drive it home. And he's like, "Is there anything wrong with it?" I'm like, "The fuck do I know?" Uh, every time, look, every time I go near it, it goes, starts and runs perfectly. So I don't know. Okay. It survived 40 miles on a racetrack. That's all I can tell. But tires are a bit old. Hope it doesn't rain too much. And whatever. I'll oh, check. good. It certainly isn't due to rain anytime soon. I, whatever. It's due to rain nonstop for the next 200 years. Yes. The drought is over and now we're going to drown. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I got a phone call from a buddy of mine who said, listen, when I was younger, I may fuck up the story, but something to the extent of when he was younger, he had, friends of the family bought a bitch basket, a VW Cabriolet for his daughter. And the daughter was only 14 or something and couldn't yet drive it. So he gave the car to my buddy Maurice, who then was able, he allowed Maurice to drive it for a couple of years until the daughter turned 16 and could have the car. Some sort of arrangement like that. Unfortunately, Maurice is a lunatic and wrecked the car and that was it. So she never got her cabbie. <laughs> The pitch never got our basket, if we're going to be insulting. so uh, And we are. And he, and he said, keep an eye out for a cabriolet, you know, that's reasonably priced and whatever. So a month later, I get a call from another friend who's like, hey, friend of my mom is quite old. Her husband, she and her husband bought a cabriolet new in 1985. Wow. Took European delivery of it. No way. Uh-huh. And she's being, the husband passed away and she's being evicted from the house she's lived in for 34 years. She needs to get rid of it horrible so we i called maurice i'm like hey found a cabbie let's go look at it uh she says the car has been the woman's not in good health she was very very sweet recounted all these stories about driving it over the alps and whatever they spent some time in europe Ooh. very cool the lesson here is according to her caretaker was like listen you know she spent a lot of money she had they, they had no kids they spent a lot of a uh, lot of time traveling and having a wonderful life but now she's been living in this place for 30 something years and has to leave it's a lesson for all of you is own your residence like mm. buy a house don't like you can go on vacations but buy your house first so the poor thing needs to sell this car we walk in the garage it's got no gas cap on it and registration was last expired in 2019 so i'm like well that's not that long ago yeah but uh, long ago how much gas evaporated out of that fucking tank and what's all in of there it. left shellac yeah, exactly so I'm thinking, all right, it's not going to start. Let's not even start it because we're just going to jam everything up full of crap. So buy a new fuel pump, pull the fuel lines off, dump it out, like have the pump, dump it out, put a new pump, a new filter in, and hopefully it'll be fine. Um, but it had some air left in the tires. He offered a reasonable amount of money for the car. She countered, countered with a slightly less reasonable sum of money she was trying to get out of it. He gave her his number and said, listen, you know, one day, if you, if you change your mind, let me know. Over the course of the next couple of weeks, a bunch of people looked at it and offered the same amount of money that he did. So uh, I had told her the story about, I said, listen, you know, I'm sure this is very difficult to get rid of this car. The, the best I can tell you is it's going to go to a cool place. This girl's wanted one for her whole life. She will now have one. That's a neat, I think it's a neat giving back story. Maurice is going to fix it, make it, you know. To replace perfect. the crashed one. Yes. 20 years later. I mean, mm -hmm. however long this has been. Long story short, uh, she calls and says, I'd rather you have it come and get it so i pull the battery out of the scirocco i put, get a, a air compressor and five gallons of gas and we headed over so you and didn't do the she said somebody else showed up with a jumper box and it started 
So we said, what the hell? They've already started it. Let's just go and drive it home. Save ourselves the tow. So while he's giving her the, the money and, and doing all the paperwork, I aired up all the tires, put a couple gallons of gas in it, pushed it outside, and fucking thing started right up. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. I mean, this is, this is why I say CIS gets a bad name. This car's been sitting for years, and it was and idled perfectly. And then started to stall and stumble and run like shit. But once it got some temperature in it, it was perfect again with who knows what is in that gas tank. Um, and so we, I said, listen, just bring it to my house, stash it in the driveway, and I'll help you, you know, get it, get parts and whatever else we need for it. Because he lives in the city. It doesn't have any more parking. And uh, yeah, he made it like three blocks before he's like, this clutch is fucked. Now we know it was sitting for so long. Uh, yesterday we tore into it. Oh. The clutch kit, including a new pressure plate and throw-up bearing and all the other shit, was $79, I think, $89, $89 for a clutch kit. Mm -hmm. And then the worst part was that we get in there and we see that the flywheel, excuse me, that Chinese food had LSD and gas in it. Um, uh, the flywheel is completely fucked. It's all original. So when we pull the flywheel off, like a pound and a half of clutch dust falls out with it. I've never seen so much clutch dust, so clearly it's original. But it's gone. I mean, there's kind of the, the flywheel surface is all like, forget about feeling it with your fingertips. You could feel it with somebody else's fucking insert name of extremity that you shouldn't be able to feel from someone else. <laughs> Find a, a call a guy that I know has got a VW parts store around here in stock. Yeah, I got a I got a flywheel in stock. It's yours for ninety bucks. I love old Volkswagens. For a grand total of one hundred and eighty bucks or two hundred dollars, all in now, he's got he's got a new clutch and he's currently in my garage doing a timing belt on it because um, mm. I'm here recording with you instead of helping him work on this car. How uh, did the clutch job? You finish that at all and it's functional? He had the thing I was talking with. I have a new thing in my house where I have no heat in my house because apparently all my duct work has collapsed and i was wondering why it was taking two and a half hours to heat, to heat the house in the morning because you were heating the crawl because i was heating the crawl space which is very well ventilated which means i was really heating the, uh, the neighborhood yeah you were he um, heating the global warming yeah and unfortunately all of the old ducts have fallen down and are disconnected which is not the actual problem the actual problem is that they were wrapped in asbestos which means i get to pay more thousands of dollars to have somebody come in with like suits and remove yeah, the hazmat suits. Yeah. so i was talking excellent. to him in the hour that I was talking to the guy who was trying to measure the ducts, uh, but couldn't because the underside of my house was underwater for, I mean, it's fucking cascading shit show of my life. Um, Maurice had the tranny ready to come out. I okay. mean, they're just so easy to do. Um, so yeah, so new clutch, new timing belt, and it's going to go to a new home. And I'm super excited about this. Cool. That's really fun. I'm glad it's being saved. Yeah. I love stories. What color is it? Red. Does it have the original California plates? It has new california plates like six plates i don't know why that's but it has bad. the original german export plates from mm, back good. in the day the white ovals the white oval um it's got uh, like chrome beetle style hubcaps so it's got like a hub ring and then the little cap in the middle oh pretty okay. cool pretty cool why mm. not why not look it's it's got a seat that's looks like a bear attacked it <laughs> it's like shredded vinyl <laughs> everywhere i think uh the driver of the car used high heel shoes with a chainsaw that was attached to the bottom of the high heel so it like tore up the carpet i see it's only got one hundred forty thousand miles it looks like it's a million plus one hundred yeah yes anyway i love the idea of resurrecting a car and just having it be enjoyed for future generations so i quite agree i'm currently foster caring car number to answer your question 10 mm -hmm. 11, i think i own nine 
I mean, I did that with the other E320 that I have. I don't, I don't know if we've even talked about the bl- the blue sedan, the one that's sitting outside that. Yeah, you yeah. Mysteriously, just keep appearing in other old Mercedes. I mean, I, knew uh, that. I mean, it came off Craigslist, and it was like such a good car that I couldn't not buy it and save it. That's the that's it. That's the story. Save it. Well, you know, it was in an unsavory place, and it was becoming increasingly <laughs> more unsavory. The car. I mean, oh. it had like it had AMG wheels on it and LED light bulbs in it and LEDs stuff like fine. that. Uh, I don't like it, especially for the interior. <laughs> so, come bask in the warm, the cold glow of my refrigerator is what it feels like. <laughs> okay, the interior that doesn't work. So, I think I, I might have talked about the headlight situation on the on the van, the camera van. So, the we're always shooting in the desert, and usually we always shoot until the sun goes down. It doesn't matter what time of, of day yeah. that is. Well, it doesn't what time of day that is. If it's eleven o'clock at night, we're still shooting until then because Anthony's a freaking slave driver. And so we're always all driving back from the racetrack on these absolute deserted desert roads in the middle of nowhere. And two at night. Of, at night in the dark. And two of my crew members said the same thing. Hey, I think the headlights are broken on the van. And I'm like, no, they're just halogen and they suck. No, no, no. I think they're broken. So of course I have to go and look. And there it's fine, but it has halogen lows, halogen fogs. And if you switch to high beams, the fogs turn off, but the high beams illuminate less than the low beams do because they're just like one glow worm trying to illuminate an entire desert landscape. So I call the guys at the retrofit source and I got uh, a set of Morimoto LEDs for low beam, high beam and fog. And holy shit, it's awesome. So So it's like being at a sports ball stadium. uh, Oh my God, it's so good. There's a slight problem, which is that the... High beams are used for daytime running lights and the high beams are pulse width modulated down to seven and a half volts. So they put out, you know, 50% as much bright brightness and they're annoying to other people when they're halogens. But when you put an LED with a capacitor on it, so it's not valid, like it's not PWM down, down and it's at hundred percent. The first time I drove this van during the day, I went from my house to a grocery store, which is a quarter mile away and three people flashed me and they were mad these things are brighter than the surface of the fucking sun, which is awesome. So, all right. So now I'm trying to find a way. If anyone knows a Chrysler dealership in the Bay Area who will just disable these fucking DRLs, the bigger issue is A, that. B, I can't flash anyone. And you know how I love a good flash. So that's a yes, problem. Yes, we all do. Yeah, if they're already full brightness, I can just do this and it doesn't change. So I have to turn them, manually turn the headlights on. See, the bigger issue is we. this is our camera car. And if you have two spotlights that are brighter than the surface of the sun, you now have two moving reflections where you can see the camera van and all the cars. Reflected so I, in the side of the car. Exactly. Yeah. So I need to disable the DRLs. So everything's fine every day leaving the track. I'm like, you know, I plug the high beams back in so we can drive at night and have high beams and they're fucking amazing. Seriously, retrofit source, all their shit, unbelievable. And uh, then on the way home, I just, I connect everything and we load this van. I mean, it had to have... 90,000 pounds worth of shit in it. Maybe slight exaggeration, but a vast, huge, enormous sum of shit in this van. And I leave at five o'clock in the morning. And the first thing I do is realize that I'm downing planes. (laughs) The thing is so, oh my God, I felt so bad. I could not wait for the sun to come up because now even the low beams and the fogs are going right into the eyes of oncoming traffic. It was terrible. This is why you have to have load leveling if you have LEDs. Or, yeah, well, you shouldn't do LEDs. You have to. I don't like LEDs in, well, in a new car, it's fine, but in an old car, definitely not. And something from the 90s, I just, I can't. 
Okay, this is not a 90s. This is a, this yeah, is yeah, a car no, that, no. yeah. I just know it came out the 124. Oh, yeah, 124. Here's the thing. Mercedes optics are usually so good that even the halogen H4 bulbs in my 201 are bright enough that I don't want for... For European lights, but the yeah. US lights are often not like Oh, you're that. fucked. Yeah, yeah. yeah like the one one uh, twenty nine and 124 before they facelifted them. Can't even tell if the headlights are on. Yes, it's, that's 100% true. Yeah. Not an exaggeration. Especially in the dark. On, off, on, off. You yes. genuinely see nothing. Yeah, it's true. Uh, did we have a topic for today? We didn't. So we came up with a backup plan. <laughs> yes. So I have a spreadsheet of every car that I've ever driven professionally. And then a, a non-spreadsheet list of every other car that I've driven prior to starting driving cars professionally. And people often ask me, hey, did, what did you think about such and such? And I'll say right off the top of my head what I remember. And then I'll often go back and consult the sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, every time I'm a guest on anyone else's podcast they're always like can I see the sheet no but they'll throw out random numbers and I will read what I've written sometimes it has to be slightly redacted mm-hmm. um, although we're pretty profane on this podcast so I might be able to get away with it thoroughly anyway. um, but these are often written down in sort of notes form like it's you know it's a mental mm-hmm. reminder for me it's not meant for public consumption or I would have published it long ago because um, you know I'm not worried about the one cent in value that this could possibly bring to the world. Turns out you have also started to do this. You're a copycat. Or, uh, or you just... Sure, or I just started insane. tracking all of the cars I've driven. I don't have any notes, though, to share. So any notes oh. in them would have to be um, ad-libbed, which okay. is what I usually do anyway. Okay, so we decided, because Paolo sits there and just burps in the background normally, we're going to give him a job. Now he's punching me. In the, I'm kidding. Those of you listening on a podcast, I'm not being abused. I am not slap happy. I'm slap miserable. Um, so Paolo is, has a random number generator, uh, two of them, in fact, one that goes up to 2,714, which is the last entry of, uh, on my sheet, meaning I have have notes on 2,714 cars. Um only because I've missed a couple from last week. You have how many cars? Uh, 1,155. Okay, so between the two of us, we have, hold on, I added this up, 3,869 cars that we're going to review in this hour of the pot. No, in the next 10 minutes, and then we can call it. Okay. Okay, so it is, it is you're going to be in charge of time, because I don't know what time we started. Or maybe, Paolo, you could do that. You could do something other than burping in the background. And punching me. What? Oh. And producing random numbers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we can start. Let's start with a hyphen. 850. Ladies and gentlemen, we are looking for entry number 850. Ah, 1989 Peugeot 405 MI16. <laughs> Ooh, was that the car that you owned? It is, yeah. That was fun. It was really fun. Uh, it was a car that, as a sedan, is like, oh, it has 140 horsepower, which was a lot for back then, but oh, yeah. not by modern standards. And so you drive it initially, and you're like, well, this thing has no guts. It's 1.9 liters. And then you rev the piss out of it and drive it like a sports car asshole. And then you're like, wow, this thing is hilariously enjoyable. It didn't understeer. Yeah. It would turn in and go neutral. That's all I remember with yeah. five people in the car. I don't know who the fuck was in the car. but we it, was, we were, it was after Radwood of like, I don't know what year that was. I remember the Maybe turn. 17. I remember a lot of screaming in the car. Yeah. And I also remember turning in and having then to have to wind out some steering. Turn in and whoa, this thing is awesome. Yeah. Uh, very cool car. Highly recommend the MI, uh, MI-16. Was actually on my uh, bedroom wall. 1988 European car of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, was and mine had 44,000 miles. One Which of the is, lowest in existence. Yeah. Nice car. Nice car. Very cool. 
Okay, that was 850. That number 850 was 850 was 405. All right. No. 1851. Oh, you have to amuse them while I go find this. Oh, you're doing the scrolling mechanism? Oh, because you haven't... Uh, they don't actually have numbers. I'm just looking at... Some. Yeah, you're just looking at the uh, the leftmost column, which is not um, Apple Fable or Control F. 1851. I'm so, I'm so nervous. I genuinely get nervous about this. <laughs> oh, What I if it's something I'm embarrassed to have driven? I had, Well, something... I'm just embarrassed what I said because I say some pretty oh, yes. terrible things. Okay. Uh, this entry was made on November 3rd... 2014 i drove a 2015 audi a3 cabriolet 1.8 turbo front wheel drive <clears throat> oh. um okay i put 252 miles on this car and i said so cute driving position is all wrong Set, seat back hold on i'm gonna have to make this font bigger because i have a microphone on the way so i can't get close enough and i'm one of these days gonna need uh readers oh don't you fucking dare i'm gonna need surgery <laughs> i will not put reading glasses on driving position is all wrong seat back aims at you aims you at the front fender because you sit inboard of the wheel what the fuck audi other than that very pleasant great ride with good body control over boosted and numb but accurate steering decent ergonomics this version of mmi isn't quite as easy as some past but still very good Excellent HVAC controls, etc. God, I'm very wordy. Sorry. No paddle shifters. Very fast brake response. That said, way too heavy for front wheel drive. Can't make it through first at three quarter throttle without lighting up the front wheels. ESP cuts power and progress tremendously. Bang & Olufsen is slamming, of course. Good wind control. Very good visibility. But you definitely need that backup camera. Great structural rigidity with only minor cowl shake. Fairly unusable back seats, but they'll do in a pinch. Decent trunk, trunk with divider for top. Goes up and down slowly. Blah, 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 blah. Very quiet. 1.8T has great mid-range punch, but nothing up top. Wide open throttle hill climbs are frustrating because the car has even more grunt in the next available gear. Don't you hate that? Mm. You upshift and the car's faster. Uh, it's mostly, it's most, it's most, it mostly just isn't enough muscle in this car. The two liter and quattro are really kind of necessary, but 30 miles per gallon indicated on the highway and 25.1 overall. So that's A3. That's A3. Yeah. So that's like near luxury entry level convertible Audi. Yep. I remember Anyone this. who buys that car is not going to give a shit about any of that stuff. No. They're like, it's cute. It's but convertible. It was, but it was a manual. It must, must have been. No, hold on. It, was, it couldn't have been a manual. Why am I Doubt talking it. about first gear? Normally I would say something about the way it shifts, but no. Oh, it's, I do say no paddle shifters. I remember that car because I remember taking it to Zingerman's Delicatessen in Ann Arbor. And so this was definitely a, a, a thing. A thing where I drove in Michigan to notice I didn't say, can't make it up any of the hills in San Francisco because it weighs 4,800 pounds and has front wheel drive. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, yep, that is my A3. I, I really wish there were there was a Volkswagen Golf convertible version of that car on sale now. Like, I just want a four-seat convertible. Buy an E320. No, I have a Volkswagen Cabriolet. It's, oh, it's buy kinda... a Volkswagen Cabriolet. You already have one. Yeah, but I want one that, like, if a large mosquito does, hits me, I don't die. E320 Two large mosquitoes Okay, modern cars Paolo, number generated for Derek 1061 1061 1, 1, 1061 uh, 2015 Porsche 918 Weissach Silver Fuck you <laughs> You know I'm going to get a Daihatsu next <laughs> <laughs> like a friggin Mitsubishi Mirage rental car and So you, uh, <laughs> yes mirage rental uh, so so um 
Paolo was with me this day, and we had a 918, and we had the Carrera GT, and we swapped cars halfway through, and then I drove one to the photo spot, and he drove the other, and then we switched. I drove the 918 first. It was fast and modern, and then I drove the Carrera GT back, and then I was like, fuck, why would anyone ever buy a 918 when you can buy a Carrera GT? Right, hold on. I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm now going to do a Control-F search for when I drove a 918. Only one. That was mainly I mean, it's outrageously fast. Holy hell, every time I get into an EV, I forget how instant the power is. Insane speed, lights up the rears, and then just fucking goes. Okay, steering, what do you remember? It's um, sort of unremarkable. I mean, everything's unremarkable by modern standards compared to like an old 911. So here's the thing. This is why I take notes, because you're saying it's unremarkable. I remarked. Okay, what did you remark? <laughs> Incredibly heavy. I don't remember this. I'm, this was I did for this for a discovery show called Supercar Superbuild, and I did donuts in it with the uh, with the permission of Porsche. Um, uh, that I remember. Incredibly heavy steering, not the most talkative at the limit, but way better than overboosted nine nine ones. Understeer for zero point zero five second on throttle, and then the engine responds. Very neutral, huge grip, monstrously fast. Sounds incredible, very Ferrari, but vibrates your teeth out inside the car. You hate it because it's a flat plane V eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a whole paragraph written on it, but funny, interesting. Okay. Please give me the number, Paolo, for a like Nissan Versa base. You know, no CVT. power door locks. CVT. Seven thirty four. It's an it's a low number. This is going to be a long time ago, back back when I cared. I wait. I never cared. Okay, seven thirty four. Ooh, this is a good one. On February 5th, 2009, I drove a 2009 Dodge Nitro 3-liter RT. (laughs) I put 165 miles on this pile of shit. (laughs) Uh, It's a four-speed automatic. Count them. One, two, three, four speeds. I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. Well, here's what I said. Hate to admit this thing looks hot enough to almost overcome its horribleness. <laughs> I always thought that thing was great looking. Course engine isn't as bad as the 3.7, but ouch. Stability control intervenes so early it makes me question how unstable it really is. Crappy materials throughout, but decent body control. Drives like a Jeep. I wish it was three feet shorter, lower, and more like a hot hatch than a Jeep. Okay, Dodge Nitro. Dodge Nitro, forgot about that pile of shit. So this is why you have to though. take notes. Yeah, well, the, the problem, there are a lot of cars in here that like I would have gotten when I worked at Automobile. I was like uh, two miles from, from the office to my house. Walk in the parking structure, get out of the parking structure, drive home and drive back in the morning and that's it. And so I would take some notes, but there were a lot. I Sometimes I didn't have a lot to say. Obviously, I went somewhere 165 miles in the nitro, especially because the next day I put, oh my God, I put 70 miles on a Suzuki Equator Crew Cab Sport. What is a Suzuki Equator? I don't know. <laughs> um, not hold on. I'm not. I'm um, not much to say, but there's definitely no sport in here. Back seat looks bigger than it is. Seats are very upright. Wind noise in the back from the seats folded down. Ergonomics seem a bit dated, but perfectly functional. Enormous Equator badges on the sides are a little much. Doesn't have ESP or TC, but will flash a spin idiot light when there's one wheel peel. That's kind of funny. <laughs> It's like a I, it's like a contest to get the light to light what up. What in the sh- and I put seventy miles on. I don't remember. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a Equator Crew Cab Sport Crew Cap. Must be cab. Must be a typo. Wow. Okay. Well, you you fucking had a home run on that one, Paolo. Three eighty five. 
285? 285. 385. 385. I can't hear him. I can't either. I've got head, headphones on. Studio monitors. Excuse me. 385. 385. Are these studio monitors? I thought they were just um, props. 1986 Ferrari 328 GTS Red. Huh. <laughs> it's funny because there are one, two, three, four, five <laughs> entries. Six, seven, <laughs> seven entries for Red 328 GTSs. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so this is just like any of the other ones. I don't know. It's CIS. It's 3.2 liters. It's transverse. It's like all of the things that we wish that, that you know, we don't like about those injected 328, 308 cars. Uh, Speak for yourself. I don't want to make any enemies here. <laughs> you Hope always you shit on those nitro. cars all the time. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, it's a 328. They're just, they look really great and they don't drive as well as they look. And they're, you know, flat plane, which I complain about, and timing belts, which is actually not that bad because it's transverse and they're not hard to get to. They're pleasant enough. They're enjoyable, but I don't think they're $100,000 experiences. But that's what they cost. And All it was right. red. And it was red. Of course. Yeah. Okay, Paolo. 2383. 2383. We're going into the modern era. 23. Amuse everyone, Derek. I apologize for the... Uh, we need to have, like, hold music. The yeah, one that you mentioned or we need to control it. Oh, yes, opus number one, it's called. 2383. Ooh, on July 2nd, 2019, I put 225 miles on a 2019 M18 Neustratos. Oh, that's a very good one. Uh-oh. So you know I did that Icons video on it. I like yes. basically just fellated the car the entire time for half an hour and i'm totally in love with it and i will say i still want one i still think about this and you and still it is, describe it as the best ferrari you've ever driven yeah and also it's like a lotus elise with post-puberty yeah yeah um the interior okay so hold on so the i drove a couple of them i don't know if the, i don't think this is the prototype but the interior cabin heat thing needs to be addressed, but most of the other problems have been fixed. Okay, so the second one. Stupendous fit and finish for a coach build. No worse than the Ferrari, except for the trunk lid up front. Shift alignment and one-two gate. Okay, let's also say that, it, as it turns out, the car that I did the episode on um, was originally an F430 F1 that, that had was been converted. converted to a stick. Yes. And there were a bunch of problems with that conversion yeah, ecus and, and shift alignment and all of that stuff yeah shifter alignment. and there were there were just a lot of problems with that car the donor car itself really wasn't sorted and so a lot of this doesn't have anything to do with mat but shift alignment and one two gate still needs to be addressed great when cruising masks speed well can't wait to try it when the airbox was swapped okay because the 3200 rpm resonance is the worst sound i've ever heard in an automobile so there was they did mat their own airbox with the car and there was this crazy resonance in this one that was deafening and horrible it was genuinely the worst thing i've ever heard in the car and they did in fact make a new intake manifold for it and shut it right up uh, it sounded amazing that's right the one that is the offending one is actually sitting on the shelf at ecme right now it's that's sitting funny. on the bookshelf on display because uh, it's made of carbon fiber and it's yeah, actually it very carbon. beautiful it turned into like a carbon fiber kazoo of hell it was yeah. terrible uh, good steering accuracy with not much field great ride quality as always turns in like no car i've ever driven it is simply unbelievable huge grip and then the cup twos let go but thank god for esp great seats horrid side view mirrors need to be convex such an experience from start to finish from getting in and driving it to everything else it's a wonderful piece of art that drives as good or better than it looks and the more time i spend in it the more i'm convinced it's better than the ferrari it's based on scuderia experience plus 
only without the shitty F1 transmission and douche factor. I genuinely would have one. That was $650,000, if I remember correctly, that car. And I thought if it was two something, I was thinking like how many cars, if I sold basically all the cars. Mortgages and all that. Yeah. Could I actually do something like that? And then, you know, the realization of paying $200,000 in sales tax, uh, $20,000 in sales tax. I was like, wait, that's that's like three cars. I could conceivably spend $200,000 on a car that will be worth $200,000, right? I couldn't spend it on a depreciating car but if i was reasonably sure that it would withhold its value i could see investing in something like that one day but what i can't imagine is twenty thousand dollars in sales tax well it That's just has to go up by at least twenty thousand dollars in value yeah but i what investment are you going to buy and say i'm only going to break even if it if it increases by 10 percent in value anyway you cannot put a price on an experience like that i love yes that you can it's seven hundred thousand dollars i don't know what they're like used but i i oh god i want one yeah i still want one typically good anything stratos apparently is just great yeah well it was the ferrari the ferrari couldn't build you guys should watch Mm -hmm. that episode that episode um that was a fun icons to do we got we had horrendous weather we had a whole bunch of shit uh go wrong but man was that car good Mm -hmm. okay 892 for derek tam scott 892 derek please Get the red courtesy phone and dial 892. Where are we? 892. After 891. On the 16th of September, 2016. Please tell me you don't have it in the douchey European way. 16 of December, December, 16 September. I drove a 1964 Porsche 356C coupe. Ah, this car. I have a license plate frame from this car. I mean, no, I don't. So Derek stole shit off a customer car. I exported it with the car. For sure. Uh, this car went to Germany. It was a, a white 356C coupe that came from a guy who owned it for a long time, and he was done with it, and we sold it to, to uh, Germany for him. But yeah, 356C coupe. So this will be the end of the 356 line right before the 911 came out. Disc brakes, twin grills. Uh, these are push rod four-cylinder engines that don't really rev, but doesn't matter. The, tra- the, the chassis and steering of these cars and the gear change feels very Porsche. It's a car that... Uh, when you drive it, you're like, it feels like a Porsche, even though it's like an ancient Volkswagen Beetle thing. Mm. They're they're very charming. I like 356Cs. Um, I've driven one, if I'm correct, one 356 ever belonged to Richard Grio, uh-huh. owner of Grio's Garage, and it was had an SC motor in it. And what year was the car? Okay, it's a 1958 Intermechanica. Oh, it's a replica. Replica. Swapped with full subframes from 911 SC, just with carbs. Brilliant throttle response, dirty dirty engine note quick fun and far more stable than i expected 356 to be well and again it's not a 356 it's a repop i like it raw and fun and stable at 80 miles an hour and quick enough cool car that's what i wrote okay and by the way if you've driven any of the cars that i mentioned you should be doing the same thing this is oh like the equator i've not driven the equator i've not driven a dodge nitro i've driven i've I've driven to an equator coffee (laughs) apparently i've driven an equator i don't remember that the equator exists that's I have no idea what it looks like. Literally, no match is found. Like I, when I go through the roller, it's got to be a pickup the, truck. I, yeah, if it's crew cab, presumably it's a pickup truck. I mean, who knew? No, not me. Yes. What? Four hundred and six. Well, that's annoyingly low. This is back. This that's is way back. Ancient at history. Oh, interesting. I have mine chron- alphabetized and then chronologically by age of car, and you have them. It's just chronologically yeah. from when you drove it. Four hundred and six. On October 9th, 2007, I drove a 2008 Accord V6. 
for automobile all-stars. This is during an all-stars com competition. Nice sounding V6 and smooth transmission, but it's become a Camry. Wood in an Accord? Hmm. It's fluid and smooth like Camrys were 10 years ago, but where the fuck is the Accord sportiness? That's all gone. God, I'm profane even in my notes. And whoever did the ergonomics needs to be shot. HVAC controls are split around split around the inscrutable radio controls. And what's with the enlarged radio control nipple thing? Ew. <laughs> so there you have it. I have um, never... What year is this? 2008 Accord. Uh, don't ask me what it looks like. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. I might have driven one of those. I'm sure I think you it had 200. Those things have like 270 horsepower, don't they? All, all to the, the front V6, wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, it's pretty stout. Honda's only ever made one V6 other than the NSX. It's a single cam VTEC thing that's still in production. It's mm. 800 years old. Still going strong. Still going strong, like the Energizer Bunny. Okay. 284. 284. 284. 284. 284. 270. 284. Oh, it's a motorcycle. Does no. that count? No, but tell me anyway. It's a Ducati Diavel. Um, oh, <laughs> we had this client at the dealer that I used to work at, and he would buy and sell cars so frequently that he was basically like a buy, like a leave a penny, take a penny. <laughs> uh, and he bought this Pagoda from us, an early Pagoda. It was two tone, like, Almost white, but light gray with dark gray uh, hard top and hubcaps okay. with a red interior. Ooh. Uh, and so it was really pretty great. It was a neat example. Anyway, he bought it and he was like, um, can you bring it up to me and I'll just give you something else to take back. I'll figure out what it is before <laughs> you get here. And um, it ended up being a motorcycle. So we brought I brought this Ducati back from, he has like a winery up in the wine country. Did you just pull a helmet out of your ass? And uh, I think he let me know that morning before I left. Oh, okay. Because uh, he was like an hour and a half away up in the wine country. By the way, bring your leathers. <laughs> yes. That's funny. So yes, that's why I had the, rode the Ducati Diavel. Cool. On the 7th of November, 2014. That's fun. Fun stuff. It's almost 10 years ago. Yeah. 1751. That's, uh, how long ago is that going to be? That's going to be four years ago. No, God, that's a lot longer than that. 1751 is April 25th, 2014. Oh. I drove a 2014 Ford Fiesta ST. Oh. Rear visibility is absolutely absurd. I can see the ground behind the car, but not the car. Thank you, mirror that's mounted way too high. Clutch take-up is perfect. Shifter is ropey and light, but pretty precise. Steering is great. Not nervous, but quick. Not much torque steer. Enormous, useful information once you're off-center. This might be the best E-Pass out there. Electric power steering. Hmm. Huge applications of understeering power are met with abrupt brake system stabs that throw you a half a lane over. Headlights suck. <laughs> Ride is really taut. Don't like that the engine does tricks to help you shift smoothly. It oh, fucks yes. with you when you skip gears. Yeah. And it also doesn't have any engine braking VVT trick. That's another thing that, that car companies do for um, emissions, for emissions down. And, f and fuel economy is coast down. They'll, it'll kill the injectors, but crack the throttle open. My so GTI you know. does that and I hate it. Downright shocking levels of powertrain isolation under 4,000. It could be a Mercedes. Fairly awful build quality when you look at the details, like exposed wells in the door window frames. Water leaking out of loose trunk welds in the hatch. Seats are really tight, but fit me well. Steering is offset to the passenger side and column is aimed towards the center of the car. So three o'clock is further away than nine. 
My Ford touches screen is far too small to be a touchscreen. Shitty turn signal slash wiper socks. Stocks. This is a comprehensive review. Some rattles and hideous noises coming from the rear brakes and or exhaust under a lateral load. Brakes are amazing. Overall, it's a hell of a fun ride. A 9 out of 10. I'm not sure I take it over GTI, even a Mark VI at $25,000, but it's one of the most fun cars out there. Also, it's adorable. Hmm. Okay. A full review delivered in one little paragraph in an Excel spreadsheet. Yes. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. You've driven a Fiesta SE? Uh, I t- did a dealer test drive around the block once because it was a consideration against a Miata. Hmm. So I don't really remember anything about it. Uh, steady state oversteer. Some of those cars. That's they fun. Had, they had huge liftoff oversteer. I like it already. Yeah, they were they were far more fun than the Focus RS. That's what far I remember everyone was saying. Totally unsorted. And the ST? Unsorted. Unsorted, yeah. Mm. Uh, and then Focus ST. But fun. Also, right. Sorted but unfun. But fun. No, no, no. yeah. Sorted, unsorted, unsorted but fun. But fun, yeah. Like I guess, raggedly uh, fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Focus was nowhere near as fun as Fiesta was. Uh, shame. Hmm. What do you say? Hungry? Oh, agreed. Oh, that's oh. right. As a former uh, Focus RS and Fiesta non-ST owner. Oh. Paolo yeah. doesn't he had a manual, just generate numbers. He had, he uh, had a Fiesta. Ford and a Focus and a RS. Focus RS yeah. 549. Nine. nine more than a BMW E39 with a V8 in it. Uh, five, sorry, 49? Four 49. Four uh 1961 jaguar e-type roadster british racing green with green interior flat floor uh so early opposed to a curved floor yes (laughs) next number no uh, (laughs) allow me to explain early e-types uh busty floor (laughs) uh yes prepubescent uh floor (laughs) Uh, the early E-types, the floor uh, was flat, like you would make a floor, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people complained that the, the footwell wasn't deep enough, and so your toes would hit the top of the underside of the dashboard or the steering column or whatever. Like a 129 um, Mercedes. Like Yes, I guess you have that problem. Much more worse mm-hmm. in the E-type. So starting in 62, they started, they basically like cut a hole out, and then they put like a little well that sticks down uh, huh. that looks like a, a tray that you would use to put for a paint ra- roller yeah. when you're painting your house. <laughs> so all E-types, except for the very earliest cars, are not flat floors. They have the, the well for your feet to make the footwell taller. So are they called weld floors? You or? just call them a regular E-type instead of a oh, flat okay. floor. Okay. Um, so yes. It's Interesting. The first year of the E-type. And it was green, BRG with a green interior, oh, which is a great that's configuration. Cool. I love Fourth how, of February ni- uh, 2017. I love how the years are like, look at this one-year-only crazy thing. And I'm like, ah, it's a Suzuki Equator. All right, next. <laughs> 2660. Uh, don't forget to amuse our audience while I look through this ridiculously long. I think I should have done a sequence number. Oh my God, 2674, 2670, 2660. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> I have just outranked your E-type flat floor. Okay. Because on July, 26, uh, July 16th, 2022, I drove 1,200 miles Ooh, in, in a one 2021 day. Chrysler Pacifica. No, it was oh. over the course of a week. I mean, this is hilarious. This is the car that I wrecked. <clears throat> what a useful vehicle, except for the placement of the AC condenser, which is unprotected behind the air dam, as I learned the hard way. Oh, you hit something. Great suspension tuning, quiet on the road, holds more than... 
Oh wow! Wow, <laughs> Jason is embarrassed. <laughs> I, I've, um, this is a rare moment that everyone should savor. And if you're not watching on YouTube, you should watch <laughs> it on YouTube because Jason is embarrassed, and this is maybe historic. Well, you can't not share it. Holds more shit than Trump's septic tank. <laughs> <laughs> the soundboard oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this is why i say i can't read this out loud oh. well, why was i drinking water when you said that was stupid <laughs> that i heard the girl did you actually vomit was it the sweet and sour soup everything's fine <clears throat> getting back to business 110 mile an hour indicated top speed 25 miles per gallon on the highway i don't like it better than the grand caravan because the nine speed doesn't have paddles or tap shift so my choice is d or s and the latter is too aggressive and confused great displays and you connect otherwise i prefer the grand caravan but i like them both more than any other people mover um and now you own a grand caravan this was mm -hmm. about yeah this is a month before i i bought the grand caravan are you okay <laughs> i'll be fine <clears throat> yeah so the almost certainly <clears throat> the airbnb that we stay at often when we uh when we go filming has a driveway like it's got five buildings it's, it's like it's a compound and the whole crew we all stay together in the, in the house and the driveway is like curved and then does goes from a curve to like a really hard 90 that's very tight and i needed the van by the front door to load a bunch of stuff and i when we first moved went there i warned everyone of course this is karma because i'm like don't hit the wall there's a wall that's like a foot and a half high um and you can't see it when you're in the car and it comes to a 90 it comes to a point but it's got big thick like inch and a half tiles on top of it that stick out proud so in that corner if you can imagine they stick out like a spear that's exactly where I tried to make a U-turn in the Pacifica. And I'm like, I'm leaving plenty of room, blah, 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 blah. This is in the middle of the, of the Bronco Raptor shoot, which went horribly wrong because <clears throat> Anthony got COVID in the middle of it. And so we had to reconvene and reshoot this. So it was 111 degrees outside and I'm backing up the van and doing like an Austin Powers 18 point turn. And I go to back up and I hear Psst, and this huge steam cloud comes up and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Well, I just nudged the front bumper into the corner of that, that like tile top thing. And it went and punctured the fucking AC condenser. We you were just get a, I don't know what the official term is. It's the tall, skinny orange traffic cones. I just know what CHP calls them, which mm -hmm. is not for public consumption. <clears throat> You're going to have to tell everyone. Donkey dick. Ew. That's what they call those things. The, the skinny okay. orange yeah. cones, not the, the cone-shaped cones. never looked at a donkey's <clears throat> genitalia, but apparently. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Well, anyway. so You should put one on top of the The, the, the punchline to this whole thing is, so <clears throat> this was a rental for Enterprise. They fucked something up big on the, on the loan. Oh, I told them, hey, guys, I'm going to put it. I kept renting these vans from Enterprise. And every time I got them, there was That's a- That's why you bought one. Yeah. There was a huge list of problems. So I brought this- I picked this one up. It had 12 PSI of air in one of the tires, 60 something in the other one. And the other two were like 30, whatever. The windshield was so disgusting. I couldn't actually see out of it and had to pull over and clean it to get home because I picked it up in the dark. 
Um, the parking brake didn't work, so I adjusted it. And oh, had check engine light and airbag light on. So I cleared everything else. Like I added a quart of oil to it. I have to do a full pre-flight before, because we're loading this with like all of our camera gear. If I break down an I-5, like you're, you're in the middle of nowhere. And by the way, they don't have spare tires. So I'm always like <clears throat> checking tire pressure and whatever. So I called them and I'm like, guys, I know you're turning around these things fast. Oh, and that was the other thing. The, the day that morning, now I'm remembering it all, they were like, hey, so we don't have a minivan for you. We're just gonna sub in like an Equinox. And I'm like, the fuck you are? I have seven people plus a whole bunch of shit. Like, no, no, no. And they're like, well, we have a couple, but they're rented out to other people. I'm like, come on, I rent one of these from you every month. Can you do me a favor? And please just ask the other people if they would accept a substitute. And they did. Somebody did. So I get the van. So now I can't be a total asshole to them because they give me the van, but I called the manager and I'm like, you can't send out a car with, you know, 15 PSI of air and a tire when you know I'm going to put a thousand miles on it on I-5 and it's a hundred degrees and whatever. He says, okay, I'm really sorry. I'm like, it's all good. He's like, I'll give you, you know, when you, when you return the van, I'll give you like a credit for air. another loan. I'll give you credit for another loan. And I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. So pssst, I pop the condenser, have to drive hours in the desert with no now i'm in like no i'm in my underwear no shirt i put a shirt over the seat because i'm like sweating like a pig and we shoot the rest of this raptor scene it was the bronco raptor it was a disaster everything sucked and i had to drive all the way back to fucking san francisco on i-5 like eight and a half hours in 112 in a degree weather of glass so i just I, un, I got there i unloaded the van and i just put like a shirt and shorts on and drove it right there filthy right back to the place and he's like you look like shit you smell like a cow and i'm like yeah i've been sweating for eight hours the fucking thing doesn't even have air conditioning and he's like what and i'm like yeah and he's like, I'll give you a refund. I'm like, no, you won't. Because I'm thinking the karma on this is going to be way too big. And I'm like, I refuse to let him give me a, a refund. But he's like, I'll give you 50% off on your next one. I'm like, great, we're good. And I got the fuck out of there. So I didn't quite tell him that there was no damage. There was nothing. You couldn't see anything from the front of the car. So two weeks later, I show up at my friend's shop, AC repair shop, with my van, the one that I bought, because this whole thing went so wrong. And I'm like, hey, the rear AC doesn't work. Can you put an expansion valve in and charge it. And he's like, yeah. And I look over and there's a Pacifico with no front end on it. I'm like, oh, what happened to that? And he's like, we can't figure it out. I don't know what the fuck happened to this thing. We can't figure it out. <laughs> there's the condenser on the floor. It's tacoed in half. And he's like, not a scratch on the front of it. We can't figure out what the fuck this person backed into. I'm like, it was a wall. <laughs> he was like, what? And I'm like, no, no, that's that, that I did that. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, is that an enterprise van? And he was like, yeah. It went to another shop. They couldn't get the AC to work and it's here now. I'm like, yeah, um, <clears throat> this is what it looked like before you pull the front end off, right? And he looks in the, the, <laughs> the bumpers on the ground with the front license plate. He's like, yep, that's a match. Yeah, so, <laughs> so <laughs> I felt terrible, but uh -uh. I bought my own van. And that's, that's that, that was on. <laughs> that was a good van story. It was a fun van story. I love, <clears throat> I love vans. Are we almost at an hour? One more each? Paolo okay. says one more each. El numero, por favor. One thousand zero hundred and forty-five, and zero tens. One thousand and forty-five. Oh, uh, two thousand seven Porsche GT three white, fourteenth of June two thousand thirteen. Uh, I drove a nine nine seven GT three. Now this is my brother's car, actually. <clears throat> he. And so all you have is just smileys afterwards. Yeah, I mean, this was the first GT three I ever drove. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. And uh, we did a track day in it, and then I was like, "Ah, shit!" 
It was the first time I had experienced a, a liquid cooled 911 that I really genuinely was like, this is a 911. Oh, yeah. Because every other liquid cooled 911 I had experienced up to that point, I was like, yeah, it's uh, pretty good for a modern car. And then I drove, the, drove that and I was like, the car that it most reminds me of in terms of character and personality is uh, a Carrera RS. And so I was which like, I've the, still never driven. You, which you must. So the, the, the DNA of the of an old school 911 was really alive in that car. And I experienced that, you know, modern 911 for the first time. What so. year was it? What was the other car? It was an 07. So okay. it was a, a non-RS. So just out of curiosity, I looked up my first ever GT3 that I have a record of anyway. And on in 2007, I drove an 08 911 GT3. I'm ruined for life. Hmm. I want a car with suspension and reflexes like this, not to mention steering feedback and accuracy, engine from the gods, all of them, <laughs> and, and just a complete masterpiece at Barber. I was at, must have been at Barber, apparently. Yeah, ruined for life. I think that's accurate. Yeah. So of the liquid-cooled 911s, I think the 997 GT3, any variant, is kind of the one to have. RS four liter was my favorite of them all. Well, of course, whatever. everybody loves that car. Whatever. I yep. mean, it's the most of all of them. Best 911 ever. Mm, as an best experience liquid cooled 911 sure and 911 r would be the best one to drive every day yeah or gt3 touring whatever yeah I, you get I the mean, 500 additional rpm yeah that's true that works all right my last one 400, 400 even Ooh, early it's later than this gt3 was 400 even we are in 370 and in 400 oh dear on October 9th, 2007, I drove 20 miles in a 2008 Chevrolet Malibu LTZ V6. Another all-stars comparison in automobile. Oh, this is not good. Misfire at low RPM. <laughs> in a press loan. Trans yeah, for car of the year. Transmission is confused and slow to react and drive, but follows commands in M. Not bad refinement, numb but fairly smooth, and shockingly good at covering ground quickly. Two-tone interior masks the horrid material quality. And it's beautiful. Was okay. it 2008? Malibu. Malibu, beautiful. I think I remember that. LTZ. Now yeah, we're I mean, both going to open a tab and... Uh, I thought that was beautiful. That, that's got typo. Oh, the two-tone interior masks hard material quality, comma, and is beautiful. That was Okay, so the LTZ two-tone interior to your interior. Oh, yeah. It looks like a C6... Yeah. Yeah, that is beautiful. Okay, I'm not fucking totally nuts. Beautiful-ish. I mean, for a Mielabu, yeah, you know yeah. that it comes from Detroit, so it has yeah, an extra Y in it. The Chevy Mielabu. Mm -hmm. uh, well, okay. what a high note to finish on this exercise. <laughs> now, this is the first, so this is episode 80-something, and you've vomited for the first time on, on camera. Was that nasal expulsion, or was that? <clears throat> yeah, sure. It's okay, I've cried before. On the Carmudgeon Show, uh, Pontiac the Pontiac test. Endurance Test. I need to go back and watch that episode. That's the episode is entitled. I've figured this out. Um, it's called Zero to Sixty in Two Point Five Seconds or something like that. But that was what we called it because we were we were complaining about how fast the M8 competition was or something like that. And so, of course, we were. How dare this car be fast? In my day, we didn't have fast. We had Pontiacs. <laughs> um, so yes, that's the episode that the Pontiac endurance test is in. I just remember you. I remember hearing from somebody that they were surprised that Derek Tam hyphen Scott could make the noises that Derek Tam hyphen Scott makes, and you do yes. have a very giggly laugh. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing we were talking about once recently on ca off camera and you were f screaming hysterical laughing and I'm like, you have to do that. On I don't know. Well, we got you today. 
Yeah, so I think some kind of biological Derek threw malfunction up. <laughs> occurred today. <laughs> I think he sure. shit himself. I <sighs> so we'll explain the odor in here. Uh, I thought that was you, Paolo. Anyway, thank you for generating numbers for us, Paolo. <laughs> thank you for joining us, everyone. This has been the Carmudgeon Show. I'm Derek Tam Hyphen Scott, part of the Haggerty Podcast Network. Sorry, we have to now that we've done the intro. Yes, of course. All right, see you next week, probably, almost certainly, maybe.